Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hanks, and today is March 27th, which means I'm on day 104 of 365 promised episodes. It brings you improv, unedited, unscripted, news, movies, music, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. First off, folks, I got a new movie review, Bad Boys for Life. Yes, I gotta say, as straight out of a Will Smith action flick playbook this was, I was highly entertained. It was like an almost wannabe Fast and the Furious with a little Miami Vice. You know, you had your typical backdrop of the city of Miami for virtually every other scene. You know, music to go along with it. The Bad Boys soundtrack the whole time. And... Probably ten times throughout the movie, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith gave each other props and did their little bad boys for life spiel, or speech if you will. I gotta admit, it was kind of like somebody wrote the script quickly, or, you know, they wanted it to be exactly like the old bad boys movies. But the problem here is, folks, it's been many years since they produced a bad boys movie, And back then, technology wasn't as good, you know, criminals were different, the operations of the police and detectives and other agencies were different, and yet they still kept it pretty much the exact same. Sure, they tried to spin in this new organization that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are forced to work with, who try to use non-lethal means and try and avoid collateral damage, but that's not what we want to see in a bad boys movie. All we want is shoot 'em up, bang bang, explosions, car chases, all that. It started off great with a Porsche car chase, chase that I gotta admit was just, my eyes were glued to the screen. I couldn't look away. But it started to ease into a more after-school specially kind of new-age, politically correct, you know, accepting of all cultures and people who are super offended by everything and sensitive. You know, none of that belongs in a bad boys movie. Just flat out, come out there, have Will Smith shooting everybody up, have Martin Lawrence cracking jokes. For the portions of the movie that had that in them, I was completely satisfied. But for the rest of the movie, that was trying to integrate new characters, and even the end kind of left it open for a possible new Bad Boys movie, which would then have the main character be Will Smith's son that he found out about in this movie, who doesn't look like him, he's Mexican, There's no chance they could be related whatsoever, and he's a criminal in this one, so somehow, someway, they're going to have to bypass his criminality in order to give him the main character for a new Bad Boys movie, but that is exactly what it looks like they opened up in the last scene of the movie. So overall, I gotta give this flick a 5 out of 10. Would I watch it again? Probably just because of the Martin Lawrence dad jokes. Because, you know what, I can I can relate to him. And I'm feeling the same feelings that he has. But for the rest of the movie, 
meh, I give it a meh. So 5 out of 10, that's all you're getting from me. I guess go check it out, Bad Boys for Life. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been confirmed to carry COVID-19, which proves that British people are disgusting and don't wash their hands. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. No. All this proves is that no one is untouchable, folks. Anyone can get this thing. If the Prime Minister of a major country contracted the virus, then it could be you or me next. I'm pretty sure... He surrounds himself with clean people. However, he does travel more than us, I bet, and shake hands more often than we do. He is required to have some level of social interaction while being the prime minister of a country. Whereas you or I, we are not required at all. So sit at your house and shut the F up. That is what we are forced to do, and that is what we must do, to avoid the spread of this disease. I don't want to get it. I have a newborn in my house. I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about my baby daughter, Leia. Now, I gotta say, I have gone to the store probably three times in the past couple weeks for certain items that I maybe could have ordered online. But those items are milk and eggs and things like that that I needed immediately. You know, I'm not willing to wait for a guy to come deliver me eggs because they're all going to be smashed or I'm going to interact with the delivery guy anyways or how many people touched those eggs before I did to begin with. So what I've done is I'll only buy the eggs that are wrapped in plastic and then after I take the plastic off, I wash my hands and then I only eat the inside of the egg, of course. Nobody eats the shell anyways. So things like that should be fairly safe. But then I'm wondering about fruit and vegetables. You know, who handled your pears, apples, and oranges before you started chomping on them? I mean, clearly you only eat the center part of the orange, but the apples and pears, you just bite them, just outside of them. So will really washing them or rinsing them really quickly with cold water be enough to get that coronavirus off of there? I suspect yes. So do it, and if you must, vigorously scrub them with a sponge or something. You can do that too. But I gotta say, I'm my level of worriness has been heightened on account of the Prime Minister getting the coronavirus. I mean, nobody's safe at this point. What's next? Our own government officials getting the coronavirus too? Well, maybe then they'll push out the stimulus package in a timely manner because they'll finally understand how badly we need it. Folks, you got to take a look at these photos circulating online of the ghost town that is the Las Vegas Strip. It's crazy. Where they normally bring in 42 million visitors a year, there is not a soul in sight. Every single casino is closed, and instead of flashing lights indicating what the next show will be at each, at each casino, there is signs telling you to wash your hands and to stay vigilant while fighting off this coronavirus pandemic. I mean, this would be 
a anti-socialite's dream because anybody who wants to visit Vegas but is not able to do it because they can't be around that many people would see this and just want to be there so bad because you could experience everything without waiting in lines. You could play any slot machine you wanted. You could just dance around in the street, no traffic, every parking space available right away, never looking for a spot. I mean, this would be the ultimate Vegas experience if people were allowed there. But they're not, and there's nobody there anyways, and everything's shut down. So there would be no place to eat, there would be no place to sleep, there would be no one to serve you cocktails while you get blackout drunk, sitting at the same slot machine, waiting for the waitress whom, whose order you gave 30 minutes before, and you're still hoping she remembers where you're at. Well, I gotta say, I'm feeling pretty sad for the uh, Sin City, because other cities, yeah, we're losing money, you know, we we lose money here in San Diego, it's a touristy town, it really is, but nowhere is losing money as fast as Las Vegas, Nevada. That place relies so heavily on people from elsewhere to come spend money that with no visitors in sight, they are just falling to pieces right now. They need a big-time recuperation after this is over, so let's all plan a trip, an after-coronavirus pandemic Las Vegas extravaganza where we go and build them back up so that Sin City doesn't have to close its doors for the fun of all Americans for good. I mean, this place has sustained major losses. They need some gambling people to get out there and blow some loot, and I will be one of them when that chance arrives again. The rumors continue to circulate that Keanu Reeves is being eyed for the part of Johnny Blaze, a.k.a. Ghost Rider, for the next segment of the MCU. Now, I gotta say, from the guy who played Neo from The Matrix and various characters we'll never forget, including, let's not ever forget, Point Break, or Bill and Ted's Excellent and Awesome or Amazing Adventure, whatever the hell that thing is called, it would be kind of, I don't know, hard for me to picture him as Ghost Rider, a dark, quiet, underworld badass who's, you know, pretty much immortal. But, you know, who better than Keanu Reeves? Because his work ethic alone will prove that he will figure out a way to be the best version of that character there possibly could be. You know, the guy doesn't show up to work drunk. He doesn't come in late and leave early. He just puts his life into every character he portrays. Whether it's, you know, Duke Kaboom from Toy Story 4, or it's anything he's played thus far from the various movies we either try to forget or we remember as a cult following like Constantine. The guy is dedicated. He has nothing to hold him back. He's got no wife and kids. He's got nothing to do except produce amazing movies. 
And that's what he does. So I am all in for Keanu Reeves as Ghost Rider. I'm not sure how it'll be. I'm trying to picture it. It's hard for me to do. But I'm still excited for it. And I think he'll figure out a way to make the character shine. And he's one of my favorite characters from the comics. He rides on a motorcycle that's like the world's most souped up Harley you could possibly imagine. You know, the guy's face is a flaming skull. That would freak anybody out if he rolled up on a bike and that's what you saw. He's got a, a chain that he can fling around that has almost the same properties as Wonder Woman's whip. So, you know, we're all just looking forward to how this will play out and how he will be integrated into the MCU as a character anyways. Let's find out and let's all be on board so that we can see Keanu Reeves' Ghost Rider. In typical eBay fashion, folks, I ordered a greenhouse, a make-it-yourself outdoor mini greenhouse. You know, it comes with a bunch of poles and little connector pieces in between the poles. You put them all together, you build it up, you put these little grates in between the poles that can hold your plants and whatnot, and then you put the cover on top of all the poles and you've got yourself a greenhouse, right? Well, the first items I took out of the box, which the box itself was smashed and ripped, so I could already tell something might happen that might make this a difficult process for me. Well, I was correct in my assumption, because as soon as I opened the box, the first items I pulled out, which were the metal poles, were smashed. I'm talking the circular portions that go into the connector pieces were completely flattened. I had to figure out a way to reshape them into circles in order to fit them into the connector pieces. Most of them cracked or broke when I tried to do this, and I still freaking rigged it to the point where it somehow worked overall, but I was just ready to repackage the whole thing, send it back to eBay, and wait for six months to get my partial refund, which was not even guaranteed because eBay sucks. This is proof to why you should only order things off of Amazon. It was my mistake. I found a cheap deal on eBay, and I rolled with it. I even looked for the item on Amazon from the, you know, somebody gave me advice. They said, hey, look for it on Amazon instead. I did. It didn't exist there. It was 20 bucks more on Amazon, so I figured, hey, eBay. You know, it's the cheapest price. They're all the same at this point. It looks like it'll be a new item, so why not? Well, here's why not. Because it was a janky, broken, smashed piece of crap. To the point where trying to repackage all these little pieces that I had gone through would have been hellacious. There's no chance I would have done that. So I had really no choice but to figure out a way to rig this thing and make it work. Which I, like I said, I did. And I am going to use it. You know, but I now at least I'm not afraid to abuse it. Because if it was in nice condition, I would have been like, alright, where should I put this in my yard where it won't get ripped up by my dog or, you know, the weather and maybe it won't get blown away. I don't give a crap now. You know, but I only spent... I think 25, maybe 30 bucks on this thing. Yeah, 30 bucks. No, it was $34 total. 34 bucks. So in the end, 
I lost 34 bucks because I have a never reusable again greenhouse, a one-time use thing that is a piece of crap. And a lesson to be learned, eBay sucks. It's good to sell your own stuff on, but to buy anything especially supposedly new, it's not new. The reason it's on eBay is because it fell off of a truck and got smashed, and they threw it on eBay instead of selling it at the store it was originally planning on heading to. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we all know and love. I can't believe it's already here. It seems like I hardly had an episode thus far, but today I'm going to tell you time. You know what? Why not just continue the story of of the last two days? You know, it'll be a three-part series about my life on Georgia Street in Imperial Beach. This will be the final segment because after this, I'm going to figure out a way to melt those memories out of my brain. So today, I'm going to let you in on the story of when I personally had to maintain a gate to an apartment complex that was across the street from my house to avoid hearing the most terrible noise I've ever heard in my entire life. Now picture this. You're asleep at 3 a.m. as normal people are. And somebody wants to enter an apartment complex across the street from your house. And in order to do so, they hit this gate that, you know, they hit the button for the gate. They don't hit the gate. So they press the button for the gate. And it's one of those gates that's on a track and a chain spins and pulls it back to open and then rolls it all the way back on its track to close. But this gate in particular makes a creaking noise from hell. So loud, it perpetuates on its way to your window, which you have to have open because your house is a giant solid slab of bricks in the summertime, which basically cooks you. It's like an oven. So the only possibility of relief from this fiery death pit is having your window open at night, but then you have to hear every single time an individual wants to pull into a very busy parking structure or parking lot of the apartment complex, you have to hear this super crazy creaking sound. I'm talking all the way open and all the way shut, lasting like a minute and a half each and every time that anybody pulls into the apartment complex. And for some reason, every single person who lived there seemed to show up at night to pull into the spots. Like, I don't know where they were all day or what they were doing, or maybe they all have night shift jobs, and that's why they lived in this low-income, ghetto, Somalian-filled, disgusting apartment complex across from my house. But regardless of the the reason, it got to the point where one day, hearing this creak, I mean, it was so loud, I couldn't watch my TV in the daytime. With my windows closed, without hearing this creak, louder than the top volume of my TV. This was insanely loud, and it seemed to weirdly project toward my house and amplify 
given the bricks outside or whatever. I have no idea how this works scientifically, but I assure you the worst possible scenario regarding this noise was occurring every time somebody pulled in. So I freaked out one day and I grabbed WD-40 and in front of the strange Somalian kids that would stand out front and just stare at you with dirty looks and talk to themselves in another language and, you know, have like really angry looking faces on every time they would look at you. I ran out there in front of them. I didn't give a crap. And I sprayed down the chain of this creaky gate in front of their apartment complex, wondering the whole time why nobody has done this. Out of hundreds of people who live in that apartment complex, even some whose apartment was right next to the gate, making me wonder, did they not have the ability to hear? Did they put deaf people in the front apartments because they're the only ones that could possibly stand the loud creak of that freakish gate. Otherwise, I have no clue why not a soul other than I would attempt to oil the freaking chain. It made no sense to me. It was mind-boggling that I, across the street neighbor, was forced to leave my house with my own WD-40 and walk across in front of these people who thought it was a weirdo and spray down their gate with oil, which of course worked and allowed it to open and shut without the crazy noise. What do you know? How how absurd that is, that it was so easy to spray it down with some freaking WD-40. I mean, did they not have a maintenance worker who could have done this a thousand times before me? Did nobody ever complain about the creaky gate? I'm not positive that that could be a, a, a likelihood. I feel like they had to have complained. Multiple people had to have complained. My neighbors heard the stuff. People a street away could hear the creak. I'd be at a Chevron getting gas, not even near my house, and I would hear when that gate was opening. This thing was nuts, but I took care of it. I handled it. You know, even though everybody looked at me like I was a freak, like, what is this guy doing? He's coming out of his house. He's walking across the street in his morning attire, because at that time it was like 6 a.m., 7, and I wanted to sleep past that time for once. I was bartending at the time. I'd get home at 11, sometimes midnight, and I would not go to sleep till 1 or 2 a.m., so I didn't want the five hours or four hours of sleep to be the maximum I could get. I needed that to change, so I got, you know, threw on a robe or whatever I did, and walked across the street. I lied about the robe. I'm not a robe person. I've never worn a robe in my entire life. It was regular clothes. And I ran across the street and I did this deed. And the Somalians out front didn't even blink their eyes at me. They didn't thank me. Nobody in the world knew what I did. Just some little kids that speak a different language, that mean mug me the whole time I leave my house, even when I was doing this. And I was spraying the chain of their gate with WD-40, clearly taking the creaky noise away so that they didn't have to hear. I mean, they would stand on bikes right in front of the gate and block people from entering until they honked their horns at them to make them move just because they were rude or whatever their weird reason was. And then I would have to hear the gate. So I would hear horn honking and then I would hear gate creaking. But I got rid of that. And so 
I finally was able to sleep a little bit into the night, except for the shouting crackheads and other random weird noises that would occur on that street of hell. And I'm never going back there for any reason. If I know a a relative who lives on the street, I will not visit them. It is a pile of shit. And this was part three of the three-part series, the final portion about Georgia Street and Imperial Beach. Never go there. It's garbage. Thank you for tuning in today, folks. I appreciate each and every one of you. There's going to be some crazy cool stuff coming up, I assure you. Please keep tuning into the Peter Gabbett Podcast. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I got it all. I even tried to dabble into TikTok, but now I kind of realize for little girls, either way, I love you all, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, the Peter Gabbett Ultimate playlist wouldn't be fulfilled without at least one song from Pigeon John. Here is the bomb. Okay, wake up in the morning to the clear blue sky. Turn up the music when I hop in the ride. The windows down, let the whole world see. Ain't nobody rocket like little old me. I'm the bomb in about the blow up. I'm the bomb in about the blow up. I got my trucks and my dickies and I put it on black. Banging Sinatra in a flat Cadillac. My old lady leaning out the whole window. Everybody looking when we walk in slow. I'm the bomb in about the blow up. I'm the bomb in about the blow up. Whoa!